0: Log Talk
1: Radio. It's now time for Race Chat Live with Chris Creighton and Craig Moore.
2: All right, race fans, how the hell are you? It's another episode of Race Chat Live. A couple of minutes late coming on to the air. Want to wish a big happy birthday to Taz Taylor. He's got the night off. Happy... Uh, I think he's 23, 24, maybe 25. Happy birthday, Taz. Enjoy your night off. But uh, have you back next week. Uh, I've got uh, my co-host and partner in crime here tonight, Mr. Craig Moore. We'll bring him on. Mr. Craig Moore. How the hell are you? I had to turn them Grammys down, man. Is that you there, Craig Moore?
1: Are you uh, talking to me?
2: Yeah, that's not Craig Moore.
1: No, this is Tom Barron. Come back to me later. Oh,
2: <laughs> yes, sir. We definitely will. We definitely will. Wait, there's Craig Moore. <laughs> hey, y'all almost have the same number. That's that is. Uh, yeah, oh, that, that's actually. what threw me off So they, y'all both have a two In the last part of your number You both have a six And his number is 866 six. So that's as much as I'll give away, man But that, that, they were eerily similar <laughs> It threw me off there I'll put you on. All right, Craig Moore <laughs> Well, I made a whoopsie just then, buddy Why, how'd you do that, young man? Well, I went ahead and brought our guest on because uh, his his uh, number was eerily similar to yours. And uh, if you're looking at the same one I'm looking at, my goodness gracious. So, yeah, I was well, uh, in full introduction mode and had brought uh, you on to the host line. And uh, lo and behold, it was our guest. Nice. Well, how are we doing, Mr. Baron? Oh, well, let me bring him on into the studio. It's a little bit early, but I mean, he's he's called in early. I guess we could uh, move huh? the. Uh, yeah, how are you I'm doing? Getting, hey, time? you know
1: what? I'm doing pretty good. Why don't I just host the show with you? Yeah,
0: well, you know what? That'll work are.
2: too. <laughs> <So>, uh, <laughs> that'll work. Before we get into what's going on at Kuroga Creek, let's talk about the shit show that was Coda. Oh, you guys I are going to have to do that know.
1: one without me because I didn't get to watch it. I was
2: too busy. Uh, I didn't get to watch it dirt. either because it was on FS1. And Then so how do you and, call you know. it a shit show? How do you call it a shit show if you didn't get to watch it? Because it's very you know hard what? to call a shit shows if, you, if you're if you not available to catch it. You do a racing show. <laughs> but we'll let you slide. Hey, slide he's proud. He's
1: probably just going by what Harvick had to say. You know,
2: he's a credible. No, reader. I think that I was I was listening to <laughs> for, for most of the time Harvick is credible, but he pissed me off with what he said this time because I mean, my gosh, uh, you know, they they cry about the rain delays now they're crying about ra- racing in the rain. You know, he's one of the more respectable drivers. I understand that he said, "quote Let me well I better not quote quote, but that." Uh, he he has never felt this unsafe in a race car. Uh, does he not realize that he replaced a guy who lost his life in a race car? And it's not happened since. So, I mean, I understand that there was a sense of danger to the sport. But, uh, you know, look, until NASCAR puts these cars out there in rain and finds out what can go wrong, it's it's a test. And that's exactly what we were doing uh, with Kodok. I don't even think these type of cars Belonged on that type of speedway uh, So you know uh, you, you have to bend sometimes And I, you know I hate that Harvick felt unsafe But uh You know at the same time it was something Different for fans and I sure as hell Enjoyed it
1: Well I can tell you that the pinnacle of racing Ends up racing in, in the rain As well you know He's always racing in the rain But um You know if they're going to test out the idea that they probably shouldn't do it live on TV with live lives,
0: <laughs> maybe
1: they should go do some test runs like they do at any other racetrack when they're going to introduce a new brand new body style or something.
0: I think right. maybe they
1: should have done a little bit more testing on it to work the bugs out. I mean, they ventured yeah. out into dirt, and their first trip out into dirt wasn't very successful at Bristol. I mean they they worked their way through it and I thought they did a great job dealing with what they had to deal with, but they're trying NASCAR's digging this year into uh you know trying to, of the trying to yeah places of Yeah the Which is what unknown. they need to do. It's what they need to do. But I think maybe I, I think that they're a large enough
2: organization that they don't have to do guesswork. I guess that's yeah. what I gonna say.
1: Yeah, they they
2: shouldn't be guessing. Craig Moore, you, you can follow me with this. or so Chaz Thompson, he will get he will get on his rant, and he'll say, we're talking about the best drivers in the freaking world. And in reality, that's how we perceive these drivers, correct, Craig? So to hear oh, one of the best, when they're being challenged, they're actually finally being challenged at something, to hear the crybaby, it's just I it, I'll, I'll give it to Martin Truex Jr. He took the high road. I couldn't believe it for the first time in his interview. The guy didn't just lay it out to blast somebody or something. He, he, he. I thought he was he made more sense in his interview than anybody. And yeah, he he, he admitted that there was some danger in it, but you know, he definitely didn't come out like Harvick and just straight crush it, Craig. Well, I mean, I, I haven't seen what uh, our, our boy uh, Kyle Bush had to say about it either, but. <laughs> I don't know if I think torrential downpours uh, when you can't when you can't see and I think that was the biggest pitch I heard all day was that people you couldn't see um, the wipers just weren't keeping up, and there was a there was' no, there was a huge pileup from what I read and which caused the uh caused a major accident, correct, Chris? Yeah, well, there was several incidents that were, you know, accumulated to a, basically a big one. Most of the wrecks were within three or four cars uh, because, you know, a lot of these cars were spread out over a three-mile-long racetrack. So um, definitely the biggest track, I believe, that uh, NASCAR has ever showed up to. Uh, two two minutes and 18 seconds was a lap time, and that's uh, I, I don't remember any NASCAR game with that. That's, <laughs> with that long of a of a race, so uh, you know th- there was several violent wrecks. The Cole Custer Martin Truex Jr. wreck was uh, one to see, and obviously Bubba Wallace, uh, never letting go, never letting out of the uh, throttle, and, and, and hitting Kevin Harvick into the wall. Christopher, but if you notice, a lot of drivers that I'm naming here were top drivers who were honestly pushing it too hard for the circumstances. And I know that you say, well, if they slowed down, they would wind up crashed out. They speed up, they wind up crashed out. But you know as well as I do, Craig, uh, these guys are pushing it. They're the top drivers in the world. They are the top drivers. They were. They probably could have slowed down a little bit. Uh, it, you know, the the only car that didn't seem to have any trouble was the first two. You know, and basically the number one car because they didn't have to deal with the overspray. Uh, a right. lot of the track was dry. Uh, most of the track was dry during uh, parts of this race, uh, other than when it was a little bit of rain coming down. But there were certain parts of the track where they were had such a high rate of speed. 160 miles an hour was the rate of speed that was going when uh, Cole Custer ran into the back of Martin Truix or something to that. To that, yeah, it was it was it was horrific. It really was, and uh, I'm glad Cole Custer is okay. But when there's a straightaway Covered in water and it's spray everywhere, and you're, you know, just hauling ass down it. There's gonna be problems that happen. But all in all, I, I was, I was pretty damn excited, except for the end when NASCAR gave it to their golden boy. You know. Well, yeah. Well, Miss Lee is happy. I'm sure she so is. let's let's not rain on her parade. She is happy, and she's still, but she's still in last place. But she's still happy. Well that, well, that helps, though. That that really, you know, you, you, you just threw her under the bus by saying she was in last place there, Craig. You, you, you should what? definitely think about sending flowers. I will send her flowers. Miss <laughs> Lee, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, but you're still in last place. But by, not by too so many points. We'll go no, over the overall thinking. points in a little while. Flowers? Hey, flowers. Yeah, you probably want race car parts. Yeah, yeah little definitely. Man, yeah. Little flowers, Reese's car parts. Well, I can't afford all that. Well I don't know, flowers are just as flowers are just as expensive, so I don't know. <laughs> we'll have to see. We'll have to see. Jason, our our fearless leader of the one ten nation uh sports uh asked and why in the middle of the windshield and on off position, like who thought to block their vision with a blade would not even be Yeah, used? I was wondering. I always wondered that myself. <laughs> That's a pretty well, asinine move. You know, NASCAR is all about innovation. That's how we've gotten to where we are today. Somebody's going to get this stuff figured out. Just like, I believe, Penske, if you didn't see the performance Austin Cindric Austin was having in that 33 car, uh, you know, Penske is made for these kind of places, and uh, Austin Cindric, man, I'll tell you what. You give him a couple more races under his belt, and uh, Chase Elliott's going to definitely have a contender at some of these road course races. Miss Lee did just say, "Flowers or race car parts?" That's a hard choice. But listen, I think the thing that uh, we'll get back to this Cota disaster in a little while. Uh, what about Brad Kislowski uh, leaving?
3: No, leaving. That
2: news. Go ahead. That's that's a little uh, the baby. I don't know what yeah, to that, that was a that little news, uh, not disturbing, but surprising well it broke about nine hours after our show last week and I've just been dying all week long to talk about this because it is something straight out of a, 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 a Chris Yellow Caution Flag Creighton conspiracy theory
3: do 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 um,
2: Greg Keselowski rumor to already have signed the deal partnership with Roush Fenway Racing uh, he will become a, become an owner partner with the Roush Fenway group, it would be the RFK, which is really crazy. Uh, RFK race team, um, that would be Roush Fenway-Keslowski. This is a big move, and, and it's really, uh, as we've seen Denny Hamlin, as we've seen Tony Stewart uh, go in this direction, this is the way to make sure that you end your career on your own and not by somebody else's attack. <laughs> Well, I
1: don't know if it's a really good move in, in history. I would say that uh, Michael Waltrip gave it a shot. She, Steve, and his brother Daryl gave it a shot. Uh, both were flops. Um, I don't see Haas, Stuart Haas lighting up the track this year. Um, no, it's kind have of concerning. To, you know, they, what do they got? They got Harvick, who's, in my opinion, the, the staple driver. I mean, he's one of the top five drivers in NASCAR, as it is. And their their organization isn't, you know, they're not lighting it up. So I don't know if going into owning your own team or being a partner in the team is the right thing for a driver to do to save his, you know, to solidify his career.
2: Well, I think it's kind of funny that he got out of owning a truck team. um, And now he's, you know, five, six, seven years later, he's jumping into – Uh, probably a 40-60 split unless it's a 50-50 for sure split of Ralph Fenway. That just tells me that the cat in the head is getting ready to go to the the pet cemetery soon and we're preparing for it. And, you know, Brad thought that this was a good way to help maybe turn Ralph Fenway around. I've said before that Stuart Haas was created. This this was the the new, the, how the book was supposed to be written When Stuart Haas first came about They made sure that they had enough money In the pot to buy what they needed Which was cars straight from The uh, garage Of Hendrick Motorsports And that was why uh, almost immediately Tony Stewart was driving the same equipment That Jeff Gordon and Jimmy Johnson was That's why he was able to go to a championship And, uh, and beat Carl Edwards uh, In 2012 well, so so, he, did that
1: because, he did that because He's Tony Stewart first of all uh he's a phenomenal and, racer uh, and
2: then Brad Keselowski is a phenomenal racer as well now it the, the question is do, will Brad Keselowski attract uh enough sponsorship because we're already seeing it fail with Bubba Wallace he has a lot of money and we're still seeing a 20 plus place finisher but Brad well, Keselowski I think, I think when, is a higher caliber driver and this uh uh, Roush Fenway has made tremendous strides in the last couple of years. They are they are the backing of Ford, right? right? Roush has never left Ford. Penske's left Ford twice. So so Roush has this deal with Ford. There's a new Mustang coming out. There's been manufacturing support put in. And uh, Keselowski, obviously, you know, he has his own company that he's created. They make uh, parts. Uh, basically, uh, I think like 3D machines and stuff like that, or you know, whatever it's, you know, they they design things anyway. Uh, so it, this could be a perfect fit. Of course, Roush, a uh, big time innovator, um, we could see this to be a great marriage. And and I think that since the Kyle Petty Wood brothers marriage, Wood brothers marriage, this is the best marriage that 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 could ever happen. I hope that it's a done deal. I hope. Well, that I always we deal. Go ahead, Tom. I hope I always
1: hope whatever anybody else does will, will be a success. I don't I don't want to see anybody fail, including people I don't even like. But you know, I I want to see people succeed, and hopefully they they have the recipe to, to succeed. Uh, as far as you know, I'm just going to say this, and I'm going to get off the topic because I'm not a Bubba Wallace fan per
2: se. Well, neither um, are we.
0: But... <laughs> uh,
1: for him, it's more of a marketing thing. It's more of a, Absolutely. Uh, you know, their their goal with him isn't to win races. Their goal with him is to generate money um, from the fans, from the market base and uh, the target audience. And they're doing a fine job with that. I mean, uh, they're doing a fine job. It, it, he doesn't need to win a race in order to fund that team. All he's got to do is, unfortunately, be himself.
2: Right. So. He's one of the few yes. that can actually do that, right? I mean, he's one of the very few that can uh, that can sell his name and 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 is profitable. Look at what William Byron is doing, and William Byron has has had sponsorship questioning ever since his years at uh, at at uh, Kyle Busch Racing. Um, you know, he I guess Liberty School has stepped up a lot for William Byron, but that guy is the most consistent guy on the racetrack, and uh, he's yet to have a full. Full year sponsorship from uh, in his entire Cup career. So you know it's it's amazing the type of money forty million plus dollars that uh, Bubba Wallace was able to bring to the table. And you're exactly right, Denny Hamlin and Michael Jordan. They're capitalizing. They are building a franchise through the market, money that's coming through of the marketing of Bubba Wallace. And 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 I know. If you didn't see the interview where they tried to, to once again, interview this guy, he didn't have the time for the public. He he had to send Mike Wheeler, his crew chief, to the microphone. So we were once again disappointed uh, with the no-show interview. As a matter of fact, we should call him the possum, the possum bubble hey, listen. Hey.
1: Not coming to the microphone and not doing anything that you're supposed to do in order to get the popularity that you need to get seems to be the common thing. Stay hidden in the shadows and it'll work out for you. Uh, we've seen it in politics. We're seeing it in racing now. So I think that they, I think that they, uh, I think that you know they don't really want him on the microphone. Be honest with you, he's not a likable guy. I've seen his interviews even before all this stuff back when he was a. Uh, uh, you know a, a a truck star He's not a likable guy In my opinion Of course my opinion doesn't count for much
2: So um, it does on this well, show it. Yeah it does on this show We love opinions Yeah that's, it does that's, Yeah It gets you popularity points <laughs> Oh yeah, exactly then,
1: then I would be a really popular guy on your show Because I got a lot of opinions I just well, keep, tend
2: to keep to myself I would rather you disagree with me and us have a great chat about it than for it to than to just sit here and talk about stats and this person finished in this place and all. I don't think that's how me oh, and Craig have ever conducted a show. We uh, we always want you to know how what we feel about it and then try to meet in the middle. Just like Mr. CJ Sports is listening to us, our director uh, that that takes care of the uh, the weekly bill here. Um, he, you know, he'll chime in, he'll, he'll let us know when we're doing good, but he'll also, uh, listen to the guest and, and add stuff to it. So, uh, yeah. um, we, we, well, we, Ms. Like Lee chimed in, Miss Lee chimed in and said, younger drivers are taking a cue from Tony Stewart. Now if they could just have the same success and right. by younger, she's talking about, you know, Brad K. 36 uh-huh. years old is is the age of Brad Keselowski, 36. Yeah. And he's already thinking about the outweigh. And Denny Hamlin, right. I think, is even younger, 34. So, you know, the, these drivers are guaranteeing themselves as long as they are still marketable, uh, they'll be able to bring in funding to keep their racing careers afloat when they feel like, because we all know what Penske does, right? They either convince you to retire or he lets you go. You know, uh, Rusty Wallace. He, he's admitted in his interview that uh, that that he was he was talked into retiring too early, and, and for two or three years thereafter, it just killed him to know that he wasn't out there racing. Um, right. So, uh, you know, because I wow, will well, definitely agree with
1: that. i definitely agree. Rusty retired way too early, especially since he was my driver. So, <laughs> I, haven't found a, I haven't found another favorite driver since him. To be honest with you so
2: that's amazing well I that's think good. that uh, CJ are you on there mm-hmm. I don't know if he's there or not no, I don't believe so I thought I heard his deep baritone voice chime in but you know I, I think that I, I think that Kazowski's is looking for a way like you said his out and it's it's a way for him to still stay in a Ford family but yet secure his retirement. Not that, you know, he's going to have to worry about social security, uh, you know, or anything like that, because he's sad. So I think it's a way for him to secure a future for his children. And, you know, well, that's, what, that's what we all want, is a secure future for our children, no matter how old they are. So if you were, Brad Keselowski, Craig, and let's speak hypothetically here. You, you're you're Brad Keselowski. You know that after last year that was a one-year deal that they put together to keep you. Because basically you're Brad Keselowski and you're figuring, hey, Hendrick Motorsports is going to call me, right? They let me go years ago, but but Mr. Hendrick said, hey – Going to bring you back because you're you're my guy. Well, that they turned their back on Keselowski one time. Now Keselowski gets get, gets the back turned on him again. So now you know he's, he, hey, Ford's like, hey, you know this is our guy right here. We've got to we've got to make sure that we help him out. And uh, if you had the choice between Stuart Haas or Roush, which which one would you choose and why? Knowing both are Ford's staples. Which would I choose and why? <clears throat> well, Roush is offering him ownership, right? FHR is going to offer him a driver's position, right? I would go with the owners. I would go with the owners' title, and again, it would knowing that I'm going to be part owner. I'm going to be more of a decision maker than I will be. I'm going li- to you're going to listen to me as a driver. Mm-hmm. All right, you're going to listen to me as a driver. Let's say that you're, let's say that you're Tony Stewart. You're going to listen to me as a driver. You might even respect me a tad. And,
0: and Roush has been fun.
2: known to lean on a driver, Mark Martin, Carl right. Edwards, right? I mean, there's already history here. Go ahead. So now you're going to. and Then you have the flip side of, <clears throat> you're an owner. You're part owner. Whether it's forty or fifty percent or fifty-one percent, I'm guessing that it's going to be fifty. You have half the say of what goes into the organization, what comes out of the organization. As a as just a driver, you have say, but it doesn't. It's not going to hold a lot of weight. So I think if it were me, I would go with the owner-driver role because. It's more lucrative for me in the long run, and who knows how long his deal as a driver is going to last with the Roush Fenway? It could last one year. He could end up in 2022, midway through the 2022 season, and say, you know what? Yeah, I'm done. I want to spend. I want to. Right. I want to. I want to concentrate on owning. I want to concentrate on sponsors. I'm a likable type guy. He Even is. though I got a big ass nose and big feelings. He fat looks like lips. Beavis. Or Butthead. He looks he looks like Butthead. I mean he really does. Well which I mean, one which one you know who Luke Bryan is. Luke Bryan looks like one of them and I can't think of who. I think it's Butthead. Or Beavis. One with the long chin. Yeah. The one with the long chin. I can't stand Luke Bryan. I guess Joey but. would be I guess Joey would technically be Butthead and, and, and Brad Beavis. But but either way, I mean, you know He's still, still likable guy. He would be guy. smart. Yeah, no, absolutely. He is a likable guy and he's a marketable guy. That's and the patriot flag, man. I mean, you know, the yeah. the American flag. I mean, he stands up for the troops. He's the, he's exactly the protege that Nascar needed at the time. Right, exactly. So I think that I think that it's in his best interest both financially and um as a uh, both financially for team owner and Respect-wise, to be on the ownership, and, I, and I'll admit it took a little while for me to get on the Tony Stewart ownership bandwagon while he was a driver.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, obviously, Denny don't care because he curses out his driver and calls him all sorts of names. <laughs> yeah. During a race. Yeah. Now, Denny.
1: Yeah.
2: Well, <laughs> well hey,
1: you listen. Like I said before, I, I am not a big Bubba Wallace fan, but what Bubba did at Daytona was race what denny did at daytona was complain and and cry i'm sorry if it was any i want to see a race i don't want to see the boss expecting the employee to give him a break no or because, or, or push him ahead or whatever i mean what was bubba bubba was getting ready to go lap down he just wasn't giving it up or something like that He uh, yeah. wasn't working with the teammates and well bubba didn't we want to go lap you. down right.
3: so
2: and, and it means something yeah it does there's a caution right. comes he's out and your whole race changes. Spot. Right. As far we as don't I'm concerned, about Hamlet Ryan sounded Newman. like a little crybaby. We, we don't bitch about Ron Newman. We know who Joe Lugano is out on the racetrack. So Bubba Wallace is making a statement that he, he's that type of driver too. He He's gonna well, he's Bubba, not going to give up the position. He That's shouldn't have to right? give up
1: the position just because the, bo- the boss is right behind him. trying to put him a lap right. down. He shouldn't have to do yeah. that. Listen, I, Clay, I own a trucking company, right? and if I'm going down I-88, and one of my drivers is in front of me, and I want to get around him, he don't give me the lane. And that's in a truck going down a freaking highway. <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh. you, put, you put in the overdrive,
0: huh?
1: <laughs> <And> <laughs> drop for <her> a <in> gear.
2: <laughs>
0: but what he does is get, get the hell out <laughs> of the
2: way.
1: No, 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 no. When he gets back to the shop, I turn his truck down to 65. That's what I do. So. <laughs> well, that That's isn't too hard on
2: 88, for Christ's sake. <laughs> All that construction. Good God, you know, at cobalt scale. That's ridiculous. Well, race says we've uh, been, been entertained already by Tom Varen. He is actually our guest tonight, who's... Uh, Somehow or another wound up as a co-host and passed this off. Which uh, uh, I tell you what, uh, we breezed through the first thirty minutes there, uh, Craig. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. So I guess we'll uh, I guess we'll officially bring on our guest and uh, introduce him. He is the owner promoter at Creek Raceway Park here in, uh, in Freida New York. His season opened up this past. It was this past weekend that it not opened up.
1: Uh, we're well, not we're gonna... open for uh, we're not open for points yet. Our first points race is going to be June first. Um, I've oh, had okay. plenty so of practice neat. sessions, and I you mean, know, I'm giving um, uh, I've been trying to give as much seat time to the newbies as we can get, since so we, we have a ton of new people coming into the sport, and they just never seem to get enough seat time. And what I've done is open the track up and let the the new new people come into the sport and get as much seat time as they can, rather than trying to do it at a, a race night at another track um it's just never seemed to get enough time so no. um all the new families are all the new races are welcome at corova creek and there's always going to be seat time
0: available for them so,
2: so what type what, of uh, uh yeah go craig you gonna hold go that chris go ahead no, no go uh, ahead I mean, chris. so just to enter, um, to the guests, and i'll uh, when, when we say that people are promoters or they they uh, run racetracks, exactly what type of racing can be seen and uh, w- what type of racetrack is it? How big is it? What what type of race cars do you race?
1: Uh, we have uh, slingshots that run there regularly. It's probably the most competitive slingshot racetrack that's up here. Um, you got some of the larger tracks, like and, and it's a beautiful track. Glen Ridge and Utica Rome has a really good thing going on and. I think Malta's doing some too, but our little eighth-mile track is the place for action for the slingshots. Uh-huh. Wow. On those larger tracks, they just kind of fan out, and you yeah. know they get into single-file freight train racing, and you might as well just go on down to Fonda and wow. watch the trains go by. Um, right. But at my track, you see some side by side, you see some people up on the top, you see who's got it, you see who doesn't have it. So it's it's the real racing that racers and um, fans want to see what the swing shots. Now uh, we also have the WCRS that runs there regularly, uh, the Wing Champ Racing Series, and uh, the carts, flat carts, and uh, a couple modified uh, Wing Champ classes, and the Heavy Tire Predator, which is a really fun class. So uh, we got kids, we got anything from kids all the way up to shots.
2: Right, so these slingshots that you talk about, this is a, this is, uh, but you describe the type of body and also the the motor. I believe it's a Yamaha motor, right? It's a motorcycle motor, right? Actually, I
1: think it's a uh, Briggs. I think it's a Briggs. Um, okay. I don't know the class that well. I don't know the rules all that well. Um, all I know is there's a book and my tech inspector has to look at it. That's what I
2: know. All right. But you can tell me a little bit more about the racetrack, though. Is, okay, I understand that side of it, and that's uh, that's why you hire a tech man. Tell us about the the. You said it's the eighth mile speedway. Is it high banks? Is it flat track? Uh,
1: we got some bank. It's not a high bank. It's a it's a not a flat track.
2: Um, I haven't
1: figured out the actual degree of the track. I took a slingshot out there myself and said, "You know what? Throw a little more more pitch in the bank." I took a slingshot. <laughs> I took a wing champ out and said, "You know, we need to be here." I took a flat card out and said, "I'd like to change the track to this. That track has been I went I went I personally went out and drove it myself to get the kind of racing that I want to see. I hate I, I can't even explain to you how much I hate free train racing. Right. To me, that's the most boring thing in the world. I I don't like I don't like knowing that the guy that's starting on a pole is going to win. Right. And uh, we saw evidence of that last year. That that just doesn't happen. Brett Putman, my uh, my. Uh, uh, slingshot champion from 2020 Is he started in the rear And he just cooked around the Outside of people he went on The outside of people and went on the inside of people And he made one heck of a race um, Joe uh, Rando Great racing I mean there, there Was just some great racing that that These guys could do on that
2: small Track that was
1: r- Really fun
2: to watch Right so uh, on the day-to-day operations, do you, do you do the track prep, or what exactly is it that you, that you uh, do behind the scenes?
1: As of now, I do the track prep. Until, until about two weeks ago, I had never prepped a track in my life. And oh, come couldn't on. couldn't tell me anything about it. Um, I, I didn't know anything about it. I couldn't understand it. I hired people to do it for me. Last year, I felt that the track could have been a little bit better a little bit smoother, um, as a competitor myself, because not only do I just take what my competitors say, I say, oh, let me go out there and feel it. And I came back in and said,
0: <laughs> that needs to be
1: a lot smoother. And um so we kept working on it last year. We ended up with a halfway decent surface last year. um The first, I won't even lie to you, the first first trip out this year, junk. I actually refunded everybody who gave me money. Anybody that walked through my gate and gave me money, I gave it back to them and said, this track is not something you should be paying for. And then I went out and personally prepped the track myself for the next week. And it was smooth. It was a beautiful track. All I had to do was
2: I remember seeing pictures of that on Facebook. Uh, I believe it was on your page. And uh, I'm like, whoa, that thing looks bad. And then a yeah. couple of days later, I seen the photos. I was like, holy, that looks like glass. What a difference. Yeah. That was
1: the cake topper for me. I, I said, you know what? My name and my reputation is on this. I better I better get my butt behind the equipment. And now this year I'm able to do that because I'm no longer driving truck as much as I was before. I'm now a part owner in Evolution Recycling and Trucking. And, um... So it's uh I, I, I'm a little bit more available to be home. So I can now pay more attention
2: to the track. Excuse me, well that's that's good, like you said. Your name's attached to it and and um, your name's on it and you're associated with it so you want it to be oh, yeah. You want it to be pristine, and I I get that, and I appreciate that. So, what my else question, do you have on? Well uh, my question before I let Craig go is: How quickly did you figure out the recipe? I mean, uh, it seems like you had pretty pretty good success early. Had, had you just watched about how much water, or how did you how did you how did you get it figured out so fast?
1: Well, it was a little bit of just common sense and science. You know, you look at it and you say, "I got X amount of daylight and I got X amount of sun." I got you got to look at what tomorrow's going to bring, and you got to you know we're a day we were a daytime tra- racetrack, so I couldn't prep the track the way Fonda does or any of the other racetracks do because they have all day. If they overwater the track, they have all day for the sun to dry it out. I have about six hours. If the track is too wet, I. I don't have what they have. I have to be ready to rock and roll at eleven o'clock in the morning. I don't know whose TV is on too loud, but it's definitely over. <laughs> I can't hear much.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I don't hear there, anything it's in the background.
1: It's gone now. Oh, there it is. It's back again.
0: Um.
1: So I I didn't have what other racetracks have And and that was time during the day To get it just right I had to be ready to rock and roll at 11 o'clock For hot laps to go out um, Which is not good And it's not fair to the racer either I mean they're coming, they're paying money And they want to have a pristine track to run on Or as best as can <laughs> be possible So I've made a few decisions here this year As a matter of fact I'm just going to announce it now Um Uh, You guys are the first ones to know And I'm going to say it's been a rumor for a little while Kuroga Creek is switching to night Racing um, or evening Racing gates will open up at three Hot laps are going to go out at four Heats are going to start at five and
2: You know according
1: to what we did during The day we should all be out of there by 1030 According to what we did last year so we're not Looking at two o'clock in the morning stuff
2: so Well that's That's a definite plus, not uh, going, I think going to night racing for go-karts will be, and and that will be, uh, will be cool. Now that's, that's going to be effective the first race of the season? First
1: points race of the season. I, I had to make this decision before points started because you can't switch your times after you've started points. So I'm right. starting it now before points even start. You can't you can't make changes like that after people have already invested and set up their schedules um according to what they have decided to do. And I'm just not one of those promoters, so I'm just saying it now we're going to Knights. Nice.
2: Now you said it'll be it'll give better racing and they'll be out of there by ten, ten thirty. Um does Efrada have it does do they have a time limit as no. far as no is there no, there's no noise of,
1: to be to be honest with you freedom it's one of those I'm lucky because i I don't have any zoning laws there so it's 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 residential and this commercial. I can basically do whatever I want to on the property whenever I want to on the property, but with that in mind. You have to keep in mind that the the, the community has to deal with you, and they, right and right now you you're afraid of the community loves the racetrack. It doesn't take much to reverse that sentiment. If you start being a pain in the butt or you start being an inconvenience, they're not going to love you anymore. They're going to want you gone. So you just got to you have to be uh, you have to use your mind and and uh, use your brain and use your courtesy.
2: Oh, absolutely. You know you don't want to. You don't want to piss off your neighbors. Um, nope, not at all. Because that's that would not be a, that would not be a good thing. <laughs> what else do you have? I mean, I don't care. I live in the city of Gloversville. You get pissed off at me. I have kids wake me up at six o'clock in the morning when I'm trying to <laughs> sleep in. But you know, outside banging on soda bottles with a base aluminum baseball bat. But you know, <laughs> what is um. What has been the, for this year, putting everything together, I mean, what was the sentiment of the drivers and and the participants when you said, hey, we're going to go to the race? I
1: haven't really got a lot of feedback. The feedback that I have gotten, I actually have had a lot of requests from the drivers to go to nights, and I've gotten all those requests over the wintertime. And there was a few reasons why I didn't want to. Um, one of those, you know, courtesy on the other hand and concern about other tracks and other people and, and the racers, my goal is to make sure that people can race wherever they want, whenever they want. And I, I want racing, especially this type of racing to succeed in New York. I don't want to step on anybody's toes, but I also have to keep in mind that I have an investment that I have to protect as well. So and if my racers are requesting it then I'm kinda have to go with it.
2: So Yeah, no, so. exactly. Because go ahead, Chris. Is this a is this a spectator sport? Do you make do you make enough uh off the front gate, you know, to or is this basically a back gate sport? <laughs> to be honest with you, I
1: don't know because I've only owned a racetrack during COVID.
2: <laughs> Interesting. Interesting.
1: So it, I, I don't know about that aspect of it. I I can tell you that I have been to car tracks, and I've been to Caroga where there were spectators that paid to get in. Um, I don't – a Dodge City Speedway, they, they seem to get a lot of spectators too. So – and, and Polly Montenaro and his family, they do a phenomenal job up there. And, so, and they always have a really nice track.
2: With the surge of everybody finding something to do again – besides sitting around the TV watching Netflix and chill, uh, how do you how do you create that market to make sure that this becomes a spectator sport? I mean, you're you're defining what racing should be. You don't want no choo choo train racing. You want side by side. Well, that's entertaining. And how do you sell that? How do you market that to the next fan?
1: Well, it's going to take time. I think it's going to take video. It's going to take a lot of uh, promotional. Things that I do, uh, I haven't really hit the promotion side of things yet this year. Normally, you guys know, you just can't, most people just mute me because they don't want to keep seeing my posts. Um, I haven't even, I haven't started yet this year. Um, Starting this week, I'm going to start up, and I'm probably going to irritate some people with what we got going on because um, I just you got to be relentless. It's got to be everywhere, <laughs> and uh, if I can put out the I can put out the um um uh, posts with videos and whatnot showing that the type of racing that we have is first of all clean, second of all we're not dealing with uh Jackamos on the racetrack. Um and that everybody plays by the same rules, which is the way that I, I run my show. I mean we all know that it doesn't matter who you are, if you if you screw up I I don't care who you are. Uh perfect example is uh first of all me. I'm the only person ever to be suspended from the WCRS. And I'm the I am the guy that runs the WCRS, but I'm the one that got suspended. So, um because rules are rules. And uh the other thing is is that it doesn't matter who comes through my gate. It could be a five million dollar team coming through my gate with four people. They all pay forty bucks. They all pay ten bucks to get through my gate, or whatever it is this year to get through my gate. Um, and uh, so they paid forty bucks. Well, so did the team that showed up in the back of a truck. They had four people with them. They all paid forty bucks. I don't have a favorite. I don't care what your your hauler looks like. Which is one of the reasons why I'm. Probably not as well-liked by some of the, you know, larger money teams or whatever, because they're not going to get cut a break from me. They're going to have to actually race.
2: Well, just, that's you're not, there to, you're not there to be liked. You're there to run the track and run a business, and at the end of the day, well, that's exactly kinda, what it is, is a business.
1: Kind of you have to be liked. <laughs> Nobody's well, going to yeah, go support somebody they don't like, but... Um, but well, so long as the rules are the same for everybody, I'm not going to penalize somebody because they're more successful, and I'm not going to penalize somebody else because they're not as big of a draw on the competitor on the on the spectator side. Uh, everybody has to be on the same level playing field.
2: Right. It's very interesting that Tom says this because it's something you know. I, I have a mentor that uh, has taught me a lot of things that I was not from the the racing side of business. I got adopted in and I had a, an early mentor who taught me the basics. And then over the last 10 years, I've had a guy who's really just been there and explained things to me. And one of his first things that he taught me was don't penalize the racer because he's fast. Don't penalize. Don't take that away from him. And I just heard you say that, Tom. You, you don't want to take away from somebody who's doing good. You that's how you make your field better. Is you let you make it somebody's got to beat you and somebody will beat you eventually. And you know, it, it seems to me that so many people wanna make rule changes and come in and do this, you know, to, to keep but, but really it, that's what creates the exciting environment is when that young person comes up and beats that old cat. We see it with, with Rocky Warner right now, right, Craig? I mean, he, 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 the squirrel was on top of his game for a long time, but now we see Matt Shepard and these other guys kind of, you know, who's in the spotlight now? Right. No, you're absolutely right. Uh, I think it's, I think the, uh, like, after a while, you you get tired. It's racing, we said this before, it's cyclical. Uh, you see the same people winning over and over again. Then all of a sudden, they start to fall off, and there's a new crop that comes in and starts to put a, put a hurting on the field, and you're like, whoa, where'd these guys come from? And they were there all along. They just needed to... Uh, in order to be the best, yeah. In order to be the best, you got to beat the best, right? Exactly. I can't even do it because my throat hurts. I was going to give You're you a be, woo, but my be the
1: be the best. You need to beat the best. I agree with that, hundred percent.
2: Right.
1: And, yeah. and one of the other. F- the things that was taught to me when i was racing was uh in order to finish first first you must finish so which right. is <laughs> very
2: good and sometimes you got go exactly. to go slow go fast right yeah exactly yeah.
3: so i you know i yeah, people don't my, get
2: that real quick craig let me get this real quick and i'm turning back to you you said your early years of racing that that's a pinpoint for us how did this start? Where did this start at? Where did the where did the passion for racing begin? And then and then I'll turn it to Greg. Passion for racing
1: begins with my brother. Um, you know he <laughs> he started racing at a very young age. He's he's really not even old enough to race, but he raced under somebody else's name in a street stock at Ponda. And um, we used to, you know, my brother used to sneak out and do what he does, and one. <laughs> One time at Fonda, um, he was getting ready to go out on the grid, and he looks up, and there's my dad standing in front of his car. And my dad leaned in. He was supposed to be off doing something else and wasn't supposed to be racing because he was definitely forbidden from racing. Um, and uh, my dad leaned in the car and said, you're in trouble when you get out of the car, but for right now, you better go out and do good. If you don't, if you're, in, you're in even more trouble if you don't do good. So that kind of incentivized my brother to do that. Uh and he did pretty good that race if I remember correctly. <laughs> but
2: Well there was a uh, threat of an ass beating on the line, so
1: Well, an even worse ass beating I should say.
2: So yeah. um
1: and uh so it you know, that uh it took me until I was thirty five to even get into a get into a race car. Um I you know, life went in a different way for me. I <laughs> started to be a father very early in my life and uh, I wouldn't trade that for the world but it it stalled off my racing ambitions for a very long time. At 35 years old I was finally able to go out and did one year in four cylinder racing and then I got into sportsman racing first year out with the rookie sportsman I got my five wins and you know I had a motor out of a box van in the backyard with a four barrel bolted onto it and uh, for Out of the Gate, we got our first five wins, and they moved me up to the regular sportsman's, and I you know, I just didn't have enough money to compete there, because now you're talking about motor and tires. And I finished out the year, and I just never went back into another sportsman, because that's the only way you're going to, you know, you're just beating money was beating me at that point. So I got my five wins. I was happy, and... Uh, and then I just kind of walked away from racing altogether because, well, for me, it's not fun to watch racing if I'm not involved in racing. Um, That's
2: funny you then, say that. Then, I got to...
1: And then... My stepson David Herrick uh, introduced me into the kart racing. I had no idea that fat forty-five-year-olds were out there running around racetracks. I had no idea.
0: <laughs>
1: and when, once I realized that fat forty-five-year-olds were actually out there having fun, I went and got one myself, and that's how karting started up for
2: me. So that's fine. Uh, you you mentioned that um, you mentioned that. It's not fun if you're it's not fun to watch it if you're not doing it. And I have to say this. I attended a wedding yesterday and I enjoyed the well, those wedding. Those are I way didn't...
1: more fun to watch than to
0: do.
2: <laughs> no, no, no. See I disagree. I dis well, yeah, I mean marriage wise, yeah. But I was sitting at this wedding going, man. I, 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 the music is good, but I'm bored. I, I need to be doing something. So what do I do? I go and get myself a couple of drinks, <laughs> and That's
0: then everything is better
2: for a little while.
0: What's that? <laughs> wow. That's always
2: entertaining. That's always entertaining. <laughs> <Craig>. Well, talk <laughs> about
1: you
0: know you talk you talk
2: about marriage. I,
1: I have the most supportive wife that you ever wanted to find. Um, she, there's absolutely no problems here. She she lets me do whatever I want to do basically um i'm just not allowed to sleep in the bed yet so um, <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, no she's she's extremely she's extremely supportive and she doesn't ever hound me or anything so she's uh my wife's a heaven sent so
2: that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, marriage is good for some of us, Craig. You know, I I know. Yeah, I know you haven't found the well, right one yet, me, man. Listen, marriage is great for me. I like. I make a lot of money off of marriages. Because
1: <laughs> <So, laughs> you're a DJ.
2: I'm right. Looking, let's come back to this. Real quick.
1: You're, you're either a DJ or a divorce lawyer.
2: Which one are? All <laughs> <laughs> right. See, yeah. He, marriage is good. It's the divorce you gotta hire somebody else uh so i don't know though i mean if you were that great of a of a dj which i believe you are i would invite you to the divorce party as well right i mean that's uh uh, (laughs) you could dj dj the marriage and the divorce party Uh, absolutely tom so let me know about this real quick all paid classes winner takes all that means the winner gets all the entry fees is this is this has been kicked around in all forms of racing. Whether or not this may be the the future, uh, based off of the spectator side kind of dwindling, especially in certain areas. Um, what what made you conclude that this would be the best way? And how does a racetrack survive uh, when they're not taking a cut at all? Well, uh, winner takes all. Uh,
1: you know, I I I wasn't running a full. Sp- program so that the, the program itself didn't cost as much. Um, so the, the expense of the day didn't cost as much. Normally what we do is with the entry fees we take twenty percent off the top and that goes to the track. That's what helps me pay the officials or pay this. I wasn't fully staffed, didn't need to be fully staffed. It was either practice or winner takes all. I didn't have to fully staff. So I didn't need that twenty percent. And uh, the best way to do that is to just say, okay, well you pay twenty five bucks a race, we're gonna Put it all into a kitty The winner takes it all um, That worked out really well For the uh, flat carts that we had there I mean, geez That was a pretty good purse for Seth Martin he, he came in, he pulled 15 laps And he walked out with money um, And he was fast, too I, It didn't matter how many people were there To be honest with you Seth was going to beat them all Because he was fast um, and uh, you know Anthony, uh, you know Anthony Scott came in with the Wing Champs, and we actually had a 500 to win race with the Wing Champs. Unfortunately, not a lot of Wing Champs showed up, so um, Anthony Scott got to walk away with 500 bucks, and he only had to race four champs because I don't do uh, depending. I don't do. My race, my, my purses don't rely on car count. If I say we're paying five hundred bucks to win, if you're the only wing champ that shows up, guess what you did? You just won the best lottery scratch off you ever found. I've given you five hundred bucks because I'm a man of my word. That's what I'm going to do. Um, you traveled here, you did it, you're here. Guess what? You get five hundred bucks. But I'm going to make you go out and at least spend a little bit of money and give me ten laps.
2: <laughs> right. So oh, yeah. I, I mean. I I agree with that. I don't think that uh if you're the only one then you still gotta go out and put on a little bit of a show for the spectators that are there. So see, and yeah, that, and this is yeah, great. No, go ahead, Chris. Oh no, I mean I wanna walk into the speedway right and I'm making it right and there's a the concession stand and you know, I'm I'm a hungry fella what 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 is in that concession stand that i'm going to enjoy what what what's going to be that selling do you have a specialty is there something that's uh maybe the racetrack's done for a long time This like I, like
1: i told you um before we've been i've only owned the racetrack during COVID, so the health department was not available to open me up last year um
2: because i think give you have a phone it, call it, to the health right?
1: department And so what I did, uh, I decided to go through the WCRS and all of the, all the money we made through concessions ended up going through the WCRS, which is a not-for-profit organization that helps little kids with cancer. So all the food that was purchased last year um, went to a local family that, you know, we helped to transport to. You know, Rochester, uh, we we bought some home heating oil over the winter for some families that needed it. Um, the WCRS is 100% charitable. We don't take anything to manage it. I can tell you in all honesty that Barron Freight Services donates to the WCRS. We don't make any money on the WCRS. And if you're involved in the WCRS, as far as I'm concerned, you're a hero. If if you're not, then, hey, I guess, you know, you don't want to race for money and help a little kid with cancer. So. <laughs> so. Please tell us more
2: about this WCRS. That's the Wing Champ Racing in, Series.
1: Yeah, the Wing Champ Racing Series was created by my wife and myself. Uh, when I went back and wanted to start racing again, my wife said, Okay, have at it. But if you're gonna if you're gonna go out there, you're not gonna race just for yourself. You're gonna race for another reason. So um, you better come up with a reason that's good enough for me. So I said, how about we race for a local family with this cancer? We'll just give them our purse. And um, we went out last year that year and we won a bunch of races and we took all the purses, which was basically 80 bucks here, 80 bucks there, and we would give it to the families that needed it. And um, then we decided to start a series with the Wing chance. Bobby Reinhardt, myself, and uh, Jeff Swartz, and uh, a couple people we got together with the Wing chance and that's how that was born. And my wife said, in order for you to do this, and you got to be 100% not-for-profit, and you got to, you know, any money that we make with the series, we're going to give to a family that
2: needs it. And I said, okay, I'm good with it. So that's what we do. That's amazing. That's awesome. It, it, it's amazing how a small little question can lead into such an awesome thing. It, I think it kind of took all of our breaths away because, of course, we've been, you know, on these topics, jumping from topic to topic, and then we've found there. And it's always, you know, I, not only is America the most giving country in the world, but the racing community is one of the biggest givers in the world. I mean, there's, I've seen helmets pass around at a big race and raised $12,000. I've watched them raffle a whole race car because a guy got run over uh, an announcer got run over, uh, in a powder, by a powder puff racer, uh, you know, um, and, and money donated. I've watched, uh, and, and so it's such a giving community and we just kind of accidentally walked into that question there and, uh, just a terrific response. Uh, it's, it's good to, to hear those types of. Story still being told, and and uh, you know it's a great honor to have you on, knowing that you do such an awesome well, thing like that. Or y'all do. Well,
1: you you know it's uh it's the fact that my wife and I we have five beautiful daughters, none of which have had any kind of complications. We're 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 truly blessed. God blessed us with health and all that other stuff. So we just we want to recognize that we've been blessed by. Helping those that maybe you have a struggle, so that's that's what we do.
0: That's awesome.
2: It really is. Uh, what are some of the track sponsors you guys got for this year? Uh, maybe that you didn't have last year. Why don't we go over? Well, we my sponsorship that?
1: is <laughs> my sponsor list is pretty small this year, to be honest with you, um, given the, the state of our uh, national economy uh adrenaline rush racing is always going to be part of what we do Doug, Doug, Doug Grimaldi is a, a very good personal friend of mine he's a great guy right off the top of the bat um even if he wasn't a friend of mine I'd tell you
0: um he's
1: uh, you know they're they're making predator motors that are making this sport go round. Uh, animal motors that go on to Wing Champs, flathead motors that are going to flat, flat carts. And Doug goes out and does these buyouts, and his prices are just
0: fantastic
1: down there in Rome. He's got a full warehouse full of carts and parts and a beautiful showroom. Craftsman um, Glass, and I'll tell you a little story about Craftsman Glass. I just got phone with him just before I called you guys. I was leaving the track with my, my uh, day cab bobtail, And lucky me, I picked up a stone in one of my tires and shot it right in the back window of my truck. First call I made was Craftsman auto glass. And uh, so he's coming tomorrow to fix the back window in one of my trucks. Thank goodness. So I'm glad I got him as a a, uh, sponsor. Not that I don't have to pay for it, but um, he was right there to answer the phone. Uh, not to mention he's done all the glass on all my trucks. To be honest with you, he's probably done over 200 windows for me because uh, I I manage other fleets as well besides my own. Phenomenal work, Scott from Craftsman All Glass. he he's going to have a big billboard there. Racing Rhino Carts and Parts, uh, Cart Carts and and car parts. Uh, Bobby Reinhardt's a very good, pr- close and personal friend of mine. I couldn't do anything that I do without Bobby Reinhardt and the Reinharts. They're, they're just so supportive, and they're great people, and he's got a heart of gold. Um, with that being said, I'm also going to give a shout-out to Ronnie Smith, who takes care of all the property there. He mows my lawns. He comes up. He invests his time. So he's a sponsor as well because time is money and he does a great job mowing my lawns and making sure that the track looks presentable to the community. Uh, Ward Martin from Martin Carting, he's going to be having a billboard up there as well. Uh, Ward's a great place to buy your your parts, you know, he's going to have a trailer at the track as well, and um, Cobra Racing Tires, uh, they're throwing us a little cash to get the facility up and running and And uh, functioning money. Uh, Poughkeepsie Raceway with our uh, um, Cobra Series that we're running. Uh, We're going to be running a Cobra Series that's between Dodge and Poughkeepsie. That's between dirt and asphalt, and that should be a blast. Uh, That's a good mixture of skill. I'm not sure everybody's going to want to do it because it's actually going to take some kind of racing skill to do it. So I'm not sure that we got drivers that are... You know, that, that race on dirt that are gonna make the transition over to to uh asphalt. And most of them are afraid of losing anyway, so they might not show up.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, son. Um Nepro is gonna be running again this year. So that's those that's my list of sponsors for the year so far.
2: Okay. <laughs> well Tom, i I do Appreciate you uh, coming on the show. You're more than welcome to stay uh, as we move along into our final segments of the show uh, here tonight. We will have uh, Southern Dirt Track Report uh, showing up in about five minutes. Here, he'll give us a regional report of uh, what's been going on down here in the southeastern region. A new, uh, a new addition that we've added to this is typically the Taz Taylor segment. Uh, where we go over certain racing up in the northeastern region. Uh, Craig, have you got any updates or know any uh, know anything that's going on up in that? Maybe we can share here.
0: Yeah, we yeah.
2: Up. Um, actually, Jeremy Terrell was going to call in a little bit too, but I don't know. He was at the ER earlier. I guess he celebrated a little bit too much. I uh, was busting his bones last week, and uh, I said, you know, only two-year-olds do what you did. And then he comes back and he wins the second race in as many in in uh six weeks at at Fonda. So, uh, you know, I'm happy about that, but we'll talk about more about that later when when you're done with uh when you're done with uh the, the, the Southern report. But uh there's a lot of racing is racing is heating up. Tanner Warner took a
1: huge
2: roll and and destroyed his car, that is Rocky's son, took a huge roll. Uh, Saturday night when I talked to him today and he's he's doing pretty good and he was out looking at another car today so uh hopefully he'll be ready to go Saturday if not um it'll be the following week but I'm definitely interested to hear what uh what's happening down in your neck of the woods for sure Yeah yeah I'm You're excited there? to hear uh yeah I'm excited to hear about what uh what jared hudson was going to bring to the table as well there's a lot of uh big big time racing you know we've been racing since march that's the, that's the pleasure of living uh uh south of the mason dixon line and the further south you don't have to rub it in is. oh yeah you know we've 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 been uh we've been warm as a matter of fact i think we topped uh 91 degrees today uh, so we're still we're still not up in the uh, the humidity levels yet, uh, so it is bearable. Uh, but give it a couple of weeks, uh, I believe, like around the middle of June all the way to September, it's damn near intolerable. So uh, um, if you're, it, it's amazing that we have so many fat people I'll say because I'm fat myself uh, because we should sweat all that off during the summertime or you at least think that we would because it's it's so miserable you can't even eat uh, it, it's, it's just that hot uh, we would trade uh, your summer's for the, we would not trade our, our, our summers for your winters because I don't see how anybody can live in sub thirty degree uh, weather and that's that's the envision that I have of, of Craig Moore throughout the wintertime as well. I mean he's frosty the snowman. So um, well, yeah. you know I will say that that and and Tom you can if you're still listening or you're still you're still on the line you can verify that. Last week it was fifty degrees. It was cold. It was miserable. The wind was, If the wind wasn't blowing, it wasn't too bad. But then the last week or so, it was in the 80s, and people were bitching that it was too hot. I looked at them and said, shut <laughs> up. I'm yeah. like, I'm remember what, what we had what? last week? Yeah,
1: I'm telling well, you what.
2: The northeast
1: weather is nothing but menopause. I'm telling you what. I don't <laughs> think we have a spring anymore.
2: We were at a water park yesterday. I mean, we were literally at a water park yesterday. So that's that's the difference in the climate uh, between the North. So I tell you what, there is a lot of difference in the north and the south with climate. But the one thing that's going to, that is gonna is on the rise right now that the north created, that the north has been a big part of, are these big block modifies. And I cannot wait uh, to have more discussion about those big block modifies that have uh, taken the southeastern region. Um, I do believe our partner, uh, Jared Hudson, uh, will uh, be able to – to catch one of these uh, Big Block Modified races here very soon, and if not hopefully already will. And uh, uh, of course, uh, Ted Taylor was, has gotten us really excited about uh, certain uh, races that have gone on up there keeping us informed. We're getting to know their names and it's really awesome. We're waiting on uh, Mr. Jared Hudson uh, to call in right now. This is a perfect opportunity uh, for us to take a quick break and uh, slide in a little uh, a little sponsorship uh, while we wait on our guests to call in, um, definitely if you need a DJ and you're somewhere in the New York, uh, I believe what Pennsylvania, Craig, you, you actually travel New York, uh, Pennsylvania, you Connecticut, right now. But but you no, would be, no, I wouldn't go up there anyway. So celebrate at the line. Like, could you could you literally set up your DJ booth on the on the country line? You don't call it a state line, I guess. It's a country line. Could you do you have enough power? To to pump your DJ-ness into Canada. Well, absolutely, and I would take one of I would take one of the uh, Baron mobiles up there, and we do it from we do it from the back of a trailer. Oh, Baron
1: mobiles! Uh, I'm not I'm not sure I'm allowed in Canada.
2: Last time I didn't I say, there, we're not going I to wait. Canada. <laughs> we're not going to Canada. We're just no, going to no, party no. up there like we're in Canada. <laughs> yeah. oh, okay. All right, let's nobody let's, wants to go up to, to that to hellhole. More. That's worse. But, um, yeah, definitely. If you need a DJ, I'm actually, Chris, I'm glad you brought that up. I'm heading to wake forest in North Carolina, the Raleigh area, July 15th. Uh, I'm going to do a wedding down in Raleigh. And actually they are from here, but he is stationed in the United States army. So we're going down there to do the wedding and, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. And, uh, you know, so if you need a DJ, by all means, give me a call, 518-866-2677. Visit my website, more, M-O-O-R-E, the number two, music.com. I do have some dates available for this year. They're few and far in between, so you're going to have to go to the website uh, to check. And when I say few and far in between, I went to bed Saturday night with, with six dates left for the summer. I woke up to four dates left for the summer. So you know it's definitely it's definitely time to start looking at bringing possibly another dj on into the mix and uh so that way i can uh, i can do more and work more, less no pun intended more more to music, well, I'm, looking more for, music.
1: I'm looking i'm looking for a part time job there Craig. so
2: maybe i'll take you up well there. you know we might be able to arrange that all right. Hey, are we on? Are, are we still on the phone with the Southern guy, the Southern Racing tier guy?
0: Yeah, well, we're, we're, we're about to bring him. To him.
2: Yeah, we're about to bring him on right now. As a matter of fact, I think we've given uh, more to music. Not not saying that you shouldn't have your commercial break. But I, I believe that was a great plug, and I think that we can go ahead and uh, bring Mr. Hudson yeah, on I mean, from the southern. Mo- most,
1: commercials, most commercials are like, what, 60 to 30 seconds? That was like 10 minutes, wasn't
2: it? I swear. Well, to yeah, swear but wow. when you're, you know, when some is we good, have to get more a better, more is Yeah, more is better. <laughs> 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 I like All that. Right. More better. All right. All right. <laughs> So, uh, it's a pleasure to have on, uh, Mr. Jared Hudson again, uh, Jared, uh, from, uh, Southern Dirt Track Report. How you doing, my friend? And, uh, well, what, what, what's your saying there?
3: You're going to keep doing it dangerous, keep being rated R for racing.
2: So, so just a warning y'all, it's rated R for racing. Jared Hudson, glad to have you on this evening. Uh, Of course, I believe you were able to make it to a racetrack uh, this past weekend. Uh, Tell us a little bit about what's been going on in the southeastern region, what you guys have
3: been up to. So I went to uh, Deep South Speedway over there in Logsley, and they had a regular season race. They had the Crate 604s. Battery stocks, the UMP Modified, they had Pure Stocks, um, Street Stocks, it was just a super good night of racing. Um, Probably the best race of the night was the Pure Stock race, and it came down to the wire, like, the three best drivers in Pure Stock right now at Deep South are... It's just my opinion, anyways. Are the uh, 82 of Tanner Farmer, uh, and then you have the five of Derek Long, and then you have the 99 of Wesley King in the Jay Morton number 99 team car. And so Tanner got some damage, and he didn't get uh, he didn't get the finish uh, where he was running earlier in the race, and then Derek Long. And the 99 Wesley King drove the best pure start race I've seen in a long time Back and forth, back and forth Well, Derek passed him twice And then the first time he passed him The caution came out And I said, man And, and then so They went back to the previous lap leader So he got a, uh, Wesley got a spot back And then Derek couldn't quite get him On them restarts And then finally towards the end with like two laps to go, Derek passes him, and then he kind of washes up a little bit, and Wesley goes by him, and, and Wesley beats him barely at um, and at the end. So that was a good race, and of course the UMP modified. We saw Travis Marsh in the X2C. He passed uh, Joey Moxley with two laps to go to win the race. And if you beat Joey Moxley at his own track, that's really really good. And yeah, I was I was shocked to see Ryan Fowler didn't finish top two. But Ryan Fowler, I think, finished third. the um, street stocks were awesome. They, uh, Chad Robinson in the 10 won the street stock race. And then the factory stock race was won by Tucker Bird in the 112. And Tucker Bird and Chad Robinson had a big battle in the pure stock race. And, Tucker, Tucker Bird
2: has been putting on quite a show around. He's Ooh. definitely been making a name for himself. He <clears> ran <throat> second to to the in the Chandler Shaw race, uh to Bo Slay. He actually, uh if I if I can remember what you said correctly, he had a chance to win that race. But Tucker's continuing his hot streak this year.
3: Oh yes, he's got a hot ride of a factory stock and i'm hoping in the next few weeks uh i'm helping my buddy chris hartman at team hartman racing for a cure you can go online and look up team hartman racing for a cure and chris he races in the factory stocks with tucker and them and hopefully when he gets back from his vacation he'll be back racing again and he's uh got a few small sponsors but for the most part he does everything by himself except for when his friend Derek helps him, or uh, I come help him, or, or his fiance Heather, so that's really cool, and then and then his other family helps when they can, and his Uncle Charles races that same class, uh, so look for Charles Hartman in the 28, and he, Chris drives the 45, and if you're looking to watch a pure underdog that's got a show-off underdog story that struggles to make it to the racetrack, then Chris Hartman is your guy. And I'm not just saying that because he's a really good friend of mine. I'm saying that because what I witness, uh, you know, just like he literally works every night when he gets home from work on that race car just to make it to the race. And he's had a DNF every race this year except for the Chandler Shaw Memorial. And it was really cool. He started, he made the show. There was 73 cars. And they whittled them down to I think it was thirty four or something like that. And Chris made the show and started twenty sixth out of thirty four cars and then he finished where did he finish? Uh, I think he finished uh sixteenth out of thirty four cars. So that was that was really, really impressive for, for somebody who don't have a lot of money, don't have a lot of big budget, so and in Deep South Speedway, they they put on some good racing up there. They got a new surface Oh, it's just all around good racing.
1: <clears throat> Is this Tim Hartman yeah. Jr. or Tim Hartman?
3: What now? Are you
1: are you talking about Tim Hartman Jr. or Tim Hartman?
3: No, no, uh, Chris Hartman.
1: Oh, Chris Hartman. I'm sorry.
3: Okay, so so if you if you go on Facebook, look up Team Hartman Racing for a Cure, and and I'm one of the moderators or admins of the page. It'll be me and his fiance and then Chris. And, like, just to follow his story, like, he's had a DNF every single race this year until that Chandler Shaw Memorial, and finally finished the race. And they paid good money for that race. He won, it was $300 just to start, which is excellent. I mean, you know, and, you know, rednecks go nuts over money, so that was was huge. And then uh, in Deep South Speedway, they pay out a good purse anyways for a regular show. Yeah, so there's some then, big shows
2: coming up. As,
3: oh, go ahead, go ahead, Jared. No, go ahead.
2: Well, there's some some even bigger shows coming up, right?
3: Oh yes. So this weekend, uh, Deep South Speedway is racing again, and they started that series called the Southern Shine Run series. Uh, and they're gonna start it this weekend, and they're gonna it's gonna be like a little mini series they're doing. It's gonna be kind of remind, it reminds me of the old six shooter series they used to do at Flomaton Speedway. They would go to Flomaton, they'd go to Northwest Florida, and then they'd go to just different tracks and they'd race for a big points fund, a big bonus, and then they're starting that this weekend. And they got a bunch of more good races coming up. Tri-County's got some, got some really good races coming up. Uh, And I I believe Northwest Florida Speedway is going to be having some Enduro races this year, which is really, really cool. Like, I've never been doing Enduro before until last year when I went up there and Scott Sessions put on a heck of a show. It was 100 laps. Any kind of car you want, you race it for 100 laps. And that was really, really cool to see. And I told him, I said, I've never driven a race car before, but I will drive a race car next year. And I plan on it this year, drive me a race car. in that enduro race. <clears throat>
2: now you have a you have uh, something that you are promoting at this point in time too. It's a, it's actually something for the racers, right? Tell us a little bit about that. Yes,
3: yes, this is really cool. So, my good friend Robbie invented this device twenty one years ago, and he never got to. Uh, put it on the market full time, never got to make it big. And now he asked me recently if I would help him with it. And I said, man, I'd love to do something like this. And so what it is, is called the Race Safer Fuel Arrester. And you can look us up on Facebook. And what it is, it's a safety device that Robbie invented that goes around the fuel cell of your race car. And if your race car flips, if it fuel tank ruptures, whatever the case, what it does is when your fuel spills out, it arrests your fuel. Kind of like Chuck Norris arresting the bad guys on Walker, Texas, right there. It does like that. And so, <laughs> so you know, you know how good Chuck Norris is good at arresting people. So, you know. <laughs> so, like, it's, it's basically like a vest or a gigantic diaper that absorbs all your fuel and keeps your fuel from spilling and catching on fire, and the driver and the car catching on fire, case in point, this past weekend or the other weekend in Anderson, Indiana, there was a driver, I can't remember the guy's name, I read the story on him, but he was racing at an Anderson Speedway, which is a asphalt track up there, and it looked like a four-cylinder car, I'm not sure, but the story I read was that he was driving, and he had a piece of debris come up, and rupture his fuel cell, car caught on fire, and the driver got second-degree burns. It was pretty bad. At last I heard, the driver was okay. Thank the Lord, because God was watching out for him. But what this would do is, right now we only have the street stock version available, but once we start selling some of these street stock versions, then we'll move up and we'll we'll start doing the late model version we're coming out with and then sprint cars and and the one we got now fits 16 to 22 gallon fuel cell, and it soaks up all that fuel. It keeps it from catching fire, and it's made of NASA grade material. It's made in the USA. It's it's actually made with American parts too, not that Chinese junk. And so, mm. if you're interested, send us a message on our Facebook. Uh, the one we have now it sells for 550, and I'm sure there's some people out there that say, "Oh man, that's too expensive." It's like, well, look, how much do you value your life? Because to me, if it saves your life, then that's, it's worth every penny of it. And plus, being NASA grade material, it should, you know, it should last and it should, it'll do its job. And to tell you how good this thing works, NASCAR driver Jimmy Spencer tested it in 2006. And I believe he was, uh, can't remember what team, maybe James Finch's team, I can't remember. But Jimmy Spencer tested it and won the race that year and Jimmy Spencer said he loved it. He thought it was a great idea. So now we we've actually got it on the market. It's ready to sell. We got a PayPal and then we have a Facebook page and driver's safety is number one. And this could be for
2: asphalt late uh, asphalt street stocks or just, just particularly dirt track street stocks.
3: Asphalt st- asphalt street stocks, dirt street stocks. Um, Eventually, we want to get it to where we'll have one for drag racing cars. Uh, we have pictures of it on our Facebook. We have dozens of stories where a car's fuel cell ruptures and catches on fire. And this right here will be a great way to save the drivers. You know, it'll be – because safety should be number one in racing. Don't skip on safety, in my opinion, because there's too many drivers. They skip on safety thinking they're, they're cutting corners trying to save money. It ends up costing them in the long run Right, let me
1: ask you something if you don't mind Do You think that this is something that you could probably put into a, a, a smaller type Application I mean go, our, our carts run with our fuel directly between the driver's legs Our mm-hmm. swing shots rice with our fuel directly behind the driver's head uh, Is this something that could be made into a smaller application?
3: Yes. Oh, you probably could. Uh, we got a company that makes them for us, and we could probably see about having them made for the smaller applications. Because uh, I think I think that'd be a perfect idea for something like that for your carts, your junior slingshots, any kind of your smaller cars.
1: <clears throat> yeah, I mean, if you could come up with something that that was good for the carts or even the slingshots, you know, that that's... Our fuel is directly exposed to us. I can't tell oh. you... Uh, I've put out... I've put out exactly... I've put out three fires last year. Thank God I had a, uh, a fire extinguisher right handy with me, but... I mean, there's nothing... Wow. Free, there's nothing freakier than having only a thin piece of aluminum between you and your fuel is sitting in between your legs.
3: So, oh, yeah. That's... That's... Yeah, that's like... That's very scary because... That's like that guy, uh, I can't remember, Ricky Craig, I think was the guy's name at an Anderson Racetrack, and just to see his pictures, like the whole entire car was just a ball of flame, and I'm and and they said he just run over some small debris and it come up and hit that fuel tank, and and this stuff is really thick too, so it'll absorb whatever amount of fuel that's in your fuel cell.
1: <clears throat> well, maybe you can check on that for me.
3: Yes, that's a good idea. I'm I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I can, I can ask Robbie about that. And we can call the manufacturer and see what they can do about that. Because I think safety should be number one. I'm tired of drivers not thinking safety at the racetrack. They're trying to yeah. they trying to skip on this, skip on that. You know, I don't care how much it costs. If it saves somebody's life, then it's worth it. Right.
2: right. <clears throat> and, and and I think that these days drivers do. Uh, take more precautions uh, than what they used to. Remember, it wasn't 20 years ago that a, a driver would say it would be a cold day in hell before they put on a Hans device or something that would that would keep them attached to the race car, uh, not quite knowing exactly how it how it, it's manufactured itself to save lives. Also, look at the innovations of the seat. The, how you know drivers used to just sit on a metal seat. Nowadays, there's you know specially made. Uh, driver's seats, you know, Randy LaJoy has really patented that idea and taken it to the to the extreme. But I, I believe, you know, it, I believe this is a great product, and that's why uh, uh, Jared, I like for you to share that uh, here on the show, and uh, we would like to help as much as possible to get this uh, product promoted. Uh, Jared, I want to keep you on because I know that you have an opinion about the weekend's race. I know that uh, you, you 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 most definitely watch Coda, right?
3: oh yeah the only one i didn't watch was the uh the sandy series but i watched the truck series and the, uh cook okay
2: let me give a quick rundown real quick i was why not motorsports park race this weekend i was there i announced the whole shebang uh jimbo mcguffey uh he was the winner in the uh, crate racing usa uh, late model 604 series it was a great battle. Casey Haney, out of a brief retirement after two slips in two in in a month's time, uh, Casey Haney come back out, finished a strong second place. He actually won his heat race. Uh, Rodney Wing, out of retirement as well, of course the track owner, uh, finished third. <coughs> Jason Henry, the modified driver who has uh, here recently done pretty well in the late model class, he finished fourth. Chris McElhaney, uh, a, a winner this year in the Crate Series. Uh, finished a fifth place got a fifth place finish on the Crate Racing USA 602 side that's the Sportsman late model series Tody Ratcliffe won again uh, Tyler his, uh, Tyler Burgess uh, finished second Kobe Pond finished third Cameron Parker finished fourth and a top five finish for the young Holden Mazingo in his very first outing in a Crate Racing USA Sportsman <laughs> late model on the street stock side that's of course up. we we were uh, all shocked to see Chuck Thorne come out and put a blistering on the former series champ Lee Ray this past weekend. Chuck Thorne out of Demopolis, Alabama, took that 24-seat straight to victory lane in, uh, in, in, in quite a fashion. It was a battle of the red race cars from first to fourth. They were all red race cars. Uh, Mark Thorne finished fourth, the, uh, the, the son of Chuck, and then Matt Byron from Sebastopol, Mississippi, finished third. Of course, we said Lee Ray. I uh, finished second. Top five pennants by Clint Crawford in a brand new Jason Jackson uh, mobile. Slick number five on the side of that Clint Crawford mobile. Moving on into the factory stock class. That was where the race was this, this weekend. The factory stock put on one hell of a show. Uh, John Johnson. They call him Bubba uh, John Johnson Jr. I tell you, when that kid shows up at the racetrack, you better be on your game because John Johnson Jr. takes no prisoners. Chris Reeves almost, almost made it a three-piece. Of course, with the factory stock rules, you have to start in the rear after winning a race. He was not able to get that top spot uh, based off the dominant factor of John Johnson, Jr. Bubba was in the house. So Chris Reeves finished second on a, uh, after a, a caution there late in the race, actually bunched the cars back up and gave Chris a chance to take the win. Trevor Yates, who's been just absolutely right on the cusp all year long in the number twenty-seven, he finished third. C.J. Hodges with a great finish fourth, and a young gun, a new driver, a sixteen-year-old Trey Murphy out of Meridian, Mississippi, the grandson of Larry Murphy. He's actually Larry Murphy the third, Larry Wayne Murphy the third. Wayne Murphy uh, raced and competed in the six hundred four class. So we had a three Murphys and a wing uh racing this weekend god bless uh, uh miss peggy the hbic of why Not motorsports park uh, do i need to tell you what hbic is anybody head bitch in charge thank you very much Blake Hatfield was (laughs) the winner in the hot shot class. The hot shot class. We need some more guys. It's the four-cylinder, four-cylinder, six-cylinder, front-wheel drive class. Blake Hatfield undefeated. Nobody has been to McCoy this year. Where the hell are you? Show up so we can give this guy a happy little ending straight back to the pit side uh, with a second place Because this guy has been on a tear. Five straight wins so far this season at the House of Hooks. Sam Ardner come out. He was a little bit of competition at first for Hatfield, but unfortunately was not able to compete. Joshua Mosley, a better story about the other brother, T.J. Mosley climbed the wall. I had to get on to his mom for coming out on the racetrack. She kissed him. She made sure his boo-boo was okay, and uh, they went back to the pit and got to start a fight with somebody. But we won't get too far into that because that's bad publicity for race racetrack, or at least that's what they tell Taylor Price finished fourth, and Mason Barnett rounded out of the top five. Unfortunately, all we had was Five cars in the open wheel modified, another class that we only had three cars. Congratulations, the lead put himself, Craig Hollinsworth, back in victory lane. He beat Robert Cassidy in the K9 Scooby Doo mobile, and uh, Jimmy Anderson who wrote, who come in out of Columbus, Mississippi. So that was our updates from Wata Motorsports Park. We won't be back racing until June twelfth. Now, Mr. Jared Hudson, what do you how what did you think because because co- my co-host Craig Moore thought that basically it was a poop show. Uh, Jared's a good Christian guy, so we'll, we'll keep it PG, even though he keeps the R rated for racing. Uh, <laughs> Jared, I I'll just tell know, it like it is. it is. What did you think about the race this past weekend?
3: I enjoyed it. I thought the Truck Series race was awesome. I really want to see, I would love to see Jennifer Jo Cobb, and I would love to see Norm Benning with the nice rides that KBM, Kyle Bush Motorsports has. Imagine if Jennifer Jo Cobb was not racing 2008 built hand-me-down trucks and she had Kyle Bush's trucks, she'd be up front every weekend. But sadly, these little teams don't get the support, these big teams do, because I follow Jennifer on Facebook. I watch her every time she goes live. I watch her. A few weeks ago, she was live, and she was talking about, well, my truck I got for I forgot what race it was, but she said, my truck's a 2008 built truck. That tells you how old my trucks are. I get hand-me-down race trucks. And then you see Kyle Bush and all these other guys go out there with 2019, 2020 trucks. And uh, it, I just hope a lot of these drivers realize how blessed they are because they could be like Norm Benning, you know, buy your own trucks, buy your own parts, run used parts, or like Jennifer. And in the Cup Series, I thought that was awesome, seeing a race in the rain on the Circuit of the Americas. I enjoyed the rain, but I just hate it was a rain shortened at five laps to go. And I understand that because it was getting pretty bad because Martin Truex Jr. got tire-drived. He hit the, who was it, it was uh, Michael McDowell, 34. And then, and then I think it was Cole Custer in the 41, hit the wall. I mean, that was super, super, super scary. And I'm glad NASCAR did the right thing, stopped the race, blow down the track with the jet dryers in that one spot. I thought it was good racing because you didn't know who was going to win. That's what I liked about it. You didn't see Kyle Busch leading the whole entire race. I like, oh, there there he goes again. No, this is. I mean, back and forth, back and forth. Michael McDowell had to lead. You saw the 41 of uh, Ross Chastain, no, 42, excuse me. 42 of Ross Chastain even had to lead for several laps. So it was really cool. I I, I enjoyed it. I I just hated the race.
2: As the first 25 laps. It was a completely different race the last 25 laps.
3: Oh yes, it was. It was. It was wild, and I didn't. I didn't care for them super bad wrecks. I'm, I'm glad NASCAR did the right thing, stopped the race because. Golly, poor Cole Custer. I, that is a blessing from God that he survived that wreck. And they and they Jeff Gordon and them was talking on the you know TV how they said there was a foam barrier right there. I am super thankful God let him hit that foam barrier instead of the part of the racetrack that was hard as hard as woodpecker lips. Cause whoa, that was. That was a rough hit. <laughs> he is he in the hardest woodpecker <laughs> i ain't never heard that one before.
0: <laughs>
3: Look, you got to admit, a woodpecker's got the toughest lips in the world because that, that boy would be busy.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes, he does. yes, he does. Jared, it's always great having you on. Now, uh, are you excited about this weekend? And where, where are you going racing at?
3: All right, put it this way. I'm as excited as a fat kid at a buffet line on Valentine's Day, because you know Valentine's Day is the busiest day for restaurants. So you can imagine this fat kid pushing people out the way. My food, my food. But no, I'm going to, uh, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to Deep South Speakway again this weekend. I got a friend named Cody who works at the racetrack. He's been wanting to race for years, and he finally got him a steer car, and so he's gonna be racing this weekend. So I told him I'd come watch him race. So. I'm kind of I'm kind of excited. It's going to be a, some good racing this weekend, and, and if y'all are around Loxley, Alabama, y'all come see us and say hi.
2: Right. That Deep South Speedway, that's uh, Jared's home track. A uh, Stinger is the same thing as a Hot Shot cylinder under cylinder race car. Stinger is actually yes. the same race car. We just call it different uh, because it's it's coastal thing versus uh uh, a, a, a mid-state
3: thing, I guess. I'm not really sure how that's come about. Yeah, and, and like, like some tracks call it a buzz, some call it a, you know, a shot buzz, thing, right. you know, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah.
2: So Jared, thank you for coming on. Uh, big shout out to Southern Dirt Track Report. We're looking forward to bringing Artie on, and uh, y'all started yes. up a little bit of uh, a little bit of, more of a, a show like as well. Tell us about that real quick before we let you go.
3: Okay, cool. So so Artie's already got a sh- great show called Talking Dirt and he goes live for about an hour and he wants to he was doing it every Tuesdays uh and he goes live, he talks about all the local racing he gets guests on the show. He talks about all the all the weekly racing, and then Sunday night he wanted me to get on and do 30 minutes of talking NASCAR. So I go live Sunday nights at 10 p.m. Central for about 30 minutes talking NASCAR, and then I can bring a guest on. I brought him on to talk racing, so that was really cool. So uh, check out Talking Dirt, and then check out the NASCAR Talk on Sunday night. All right,
2: and, well, and I, 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 I got to throw something. in. It. Come on, I gotta throw on, something in here to the the south uh,
1: the southern uh, dirt track race in there. It's uh you know uh, two weeks ago I had uh, Kirsten Swartz went down there. I know she's just a cart racer and you're probably not looking at that, but she went down there and spanked them southern boys all the way from up here at her home track Caroga. She went really? down there and spanked them and uh, at the at the Blue Gray yeah.
3: She's wow, at is,
1: Tennessee. So wow,
3: well, that is cool. Uh, and we kind of that's great. <clears throat> yep. Uh
1: She's going to be one of the up and coming names that you're probably going to want to be looking for because
3: uh, oh yes, yeah. so,
1: definitely she's definitely going to be making race in her career. Uh, you talk about Jennifer Jo Cobb. Uh, you talk about some of these other people. Uh, she she doesn't race like a girl. She races like a person, and I love it. <laughs> this girl
3: is right. This
1: girl has got everything that there is to offer. Um, talent right on down to everything else uh, so just keep an eye out for she's heading into a slingshot and I have no doubt that to be honest with you I have no doubt that this girl can within a few years well, she can ask uh, material
3: well if she's got a racing page send me her racing page and I'll follow because I've been to one uh, I've been to one go-kart race and that was at Oak Grove Motorsports Park in Florida and I enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. And we've actually got a lady that's on our team that's actually the promoter at a go-kart track. So we kind of incorporate go-kart racing a little bit, too. Now, you know the yep. fastest girl yep.
2: on dirt is Morgan Turpin, and she races the USCS uh, Sprint Car that's Series. Right. But she also has been in the All-Star Series as well as some of the bigger series. Uh, she's known around here as the fastest girl on dirt. But there's a, there's a hometown girl from Hattiesburg. Mississippi her name is Stephanie Nikkei Cooper and I will put her against any racer anywhere in their equipment I'm telling you these days in these cars uh, there, there are certain female drivers out there that uh, these boys better watch out because uh, they're, they're homegrown and it's you know, good to see you know, that, that going on up there as well there's, there's certain
1: there's certain people that you know like with Kirsten and with, uh, see, I, I like Haley Deegan. I like Jennifer Jo Cobb. I, I don't know if, they, do you think that they really like being classified as the fastest girl or the this or that girl? I think they just want to be the fastest person because uh, Kirsten's case, she is.
0: Right. You
2: know
1: like- what? It also, we got a lot of Northern. We got a lot of northern talent up here. That's probably going to be heading down south. Uh, EJ Hatch is probably going to be ended up down there. Uh, he's a, he's going to light up
0: the world.
1: Uh, I have a ton of people up here just between Turkey Trot, Dodge City Speedway, Weed Sport, and Paradise, and all these other northern tracks that have been venturing down south. I think you're going to see a northern invasion coming on coming in down there.
2: That's I, great. I, I, I'm looking forward to that, and I think that that. Uh, it, it would be a great thing for racing. We already get it a lot with the snowball derby. That's on the asphalt side. We don't really have that connection on the dirt track side, especially in the uh, support class rank or the amateur rank. Uh, of course, you know you have the super late model guys. They go on tour all across America. But the theme of the sprint cars, you, you hear about the World Outlaw Sprint Cars a lot. You hear about the ASCS uh, Sprint Cars. Uh, but but there's there's a lot of series around our area and all that that can you know race with them Pennsylvania guys and uh, I would love to see uh, those those these two regions come together and have a North versus South collide. I think that that would be uh, awesome and to, seeing what the big block modifies are doing. By bringing their equipment down here, our guys are investing into going up there to to learn how they how they run the series and how they race each other that's that's just that's a way to make it that much better uh for both ends and uh just it, it's uh, I can't wait to see what comes about on, on that uh we're we're running uh a little bit behind here tonight. It's about time to make our our picks. It's about the closing it's about time to close down the bar we've got last call um charlotte motor speedway is coming up next week uh all three series of racing any any big predictions anything that uh anything that we should see coming uh, in the next week other than a boring mile and a half race uh is, could i say that i mean we've had some pretty pretty great racing the last month now we're now we're at a mile and a half speedway what what's the expectations Craig? Well, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna give you. uh, Kaz submitted his text earlier. We'll go over those in a little while. I hope it's not a follow the leader. No, we ain't. I got us for when I booked this. I booked this for longer. Um thinking ahead.
1: He knew he was going to have Marin a, on there, and that guy chatters like crazy.
2: Yeah, he doesn't. His mouth runs like a duck's ass on wheels, buddy. <laughs> well, well, we What's that? Than <laughs>
1: I said it's better than being hard as a woodpecker's lips,
2: I guess. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I, think, I hope we're not going to see a boring-ass mile-and-a-half race. I've... Uh... <clears throat> I, I want to see some excitement. I'm a little upset that the All-Star race wasn't last weekend, and they moved it to uh, believe it's next week or the week after. But uh, I, I think I'm going to give you my pick. I'm going to I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to go with your man, Chris. I'm going to go with Mister Harvick. Oh wow! For this weekend. Well, we're throwing fixed out already. But this yeah, well, addition you know, Stuart Haas racing, I mean, first of all, Kevin Harvey had his first DNF, a little nugget here. Kevin Harvey had his first DNF since October of 2019. That is amazing. And, and I hate that the streak ended. But SHR has been in, in the poop tank all year long. This is where they rebound, Craig Moore? I think so. I think this is where they're going to turn it around. I think that, uh, I think that you're going to see their slump coming to an end. <laughs> Uh, if you want to go away out of the box, picks for cup, Miss Lee, <laughs> uh, she she threw a hail mary last week and got got uh, the king of road courses. She picked him right, Chase Elliott. This week she's picking Chris Buescher to win. Wow, really? Yeah, I'm kind. Wow. I'm really shocked about that. But but it is Miss Lee, and we usually know what happens when Miss Lee picks. As well as Craig's picks, they usually chip the bat early in the race. This is a 600-mile race. This is a race of attrition for sure. Um, (coughs) So, I mean, it's going to be it's going to be whoever has the strongest car in the end. And you know, stranger things have happened. And yeah, Austin Dillon, Chris (laughs) Buescher. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, do I get, he's got do I get a day. pick in, in here? Yes sir. yes, sir. Okay.
1: Well, I'm going to give you the most talented guy in NASCAR that NASCAR yeah. has offered. I'm not as a fan of the man. I don't like the guy, but uh, Kyle okay. Busch is going to
0: win. Okay.
2: Well, Harvard that's funny because that's who I was actually going to go. Yeah. That's actually who I was going to go with was, was Bush, but I was like, yeah, he boned me last week, so. And now watch, because I didn't pick him, he'll come back and win some day. I mean, I just don't see how you guys have missed the king of the mile and a half, and that's Martin Truex Jr. I mean, uh, he, he is he is the number Bush, one. He's guy going guy to finish right third. Now. He's going to he finish third. He already won three times this year. He's good.
1: It's going to be it's going to be Kyle Busch, uh, Harvick, and then Truex. Mark my words. <laughs>
2: Interesting, interesting, and and I I mean, I guess we would just put him in the lead if he gets all three of those. Because I mean, we we try to make sure we we made a big deal if you got two picks in the same weekend. This guy went for three, so uh, we would have to give him extra bonus points. Yeah, well, I got I picked the trifecta. Points. I picked a trifecta a couple weeks ago. So I, I went with Martin That's, Truex Jr. Uh, Garrett, are you still there? Yes. Yes. Who do you who who do you think is the favorite this,
3: this week? Oh gosh, um, probably Kyle Larson, but I don't know. Chase Elliott did pretty good, but I would say Kyle Larson. Just taking
2: some- out. If you take Martin yeah, Truex right. out of the equation and you forget about the Denny Hamlin's leading the points and you forget that Willie B has like 12 consecutive top 10 finishes sitting second in the corner. Based off of the type of year and the most excitement built up, Kyle Larson has got to be the the guy, the hangman of, of Martin George Jr. right now because Kyle Larson has been fast at many <clears throat> racetracks. It's just Feeling the deal seems to be an issue with him right now. And, and let me tell you, I said it before in a previous show, I've watched this with Kyle Busch, i watched it with Joey Logano when they were younger and in superior equipment and didn't quite know how to close the races out. But Kyle Larson, he's finally in superior equipment. The guy's going to get it figured out. There's only one guy that I can take out of that race car and put in any other kind of race car in the world and know that I'm going to still pass that check at the end of the night. Kyle Larson is the most talented race, racer I mean, on on the track. Jared, you've you got a strong pick.
3: All right, so so I, pretty much Kyle Larson could race anything. I mean, he can, he could can win the race backwards blindfolded. That's how good he is. It doesn't matter. You can put him on a bicycle. He's going to beat everybody. Yeah, that's a bad
1: case. I will agree with at. you. <laughs> I, I, I tend to agree with you on that. I just don't think that is. uh I, I know Hendrick's on top of the organization right now, and they seem to be clicking, but I think that Kyle Larson could be even better if his team was working with him, leaving just more in sync. I'm not saying better. I'm just saying more in sync. Uh, I've watched him fall off two races now where he should have won them because they yeah, didn't and- have the sync.
2: And I wonder if that's the communication factor with Cliff Daniels because the one thing that I've heard from out of the garage and and a lot of my contacts is, Kyle Larson, it's hard to get information out of Kyle Larson because he really, he expects, he kind of expects the crew chief to know how he's he's going to race a race car. And unfortunately, you know, Brian and Patty, you know, there was success there. But it took Brian Patty a couple couple of years to, to know how to get the car set up for Kyle Larson. So for them to come out of the box with Cliff Daniels and already be a winner, uh, being that this was uh, 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 Jimmy Johnson's really his old team from last year, it it was was very refreshing. But we have to know that, once again, there's a struggle when a crew chief's really trying to get the best information out of a driver, and that driver just doesn't really know how how to give that information. All right, so moving on to trucks. Uh let me give you Taz's picks. Taz picked Joey Logano for cup. Um and Trucks Taz picked Sheldon Creek. Uh for trucks. Uh, you know what? Oh, before I forget, we need to wish Taz a happy fifty second birthday. No, I mean twenty fifth birthday.
0: My senility
2: was, <laughs> happy birthday. My senility, my my senility was moving in. He is 25 years young. He's bitching about being 25. Wait till he gets my age. Yeah, right. Yeah, um, well,
1: there's something else that, that, Taz, and here's a little secret that you don't know yet. is uh, Something Taz and I have in common is our birthdays.
3: Wow. Oh, happy, well, birthday. happy
2: birthday. Oh, happy birthday. Thank you. Are oh, you, you had a whole time This is how of you're spending your birthday. Yeah, well, on the show with us. With you. With you. This is If I ever need a co-host, I'm calling you. <laughs> Feel free. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so you're you're giving away Chaz's pig. And just, you know, I wondered if we were going to hear this guy's name tonight because we haven't really talked about him. But his cup pick is right there where
0: it's just short agree,
2: right? I mean, that's, uh, that's, that's, yeah, that's, uh, you know, go ahead, Craig. Who Who is his cup pick? His cup pick is Joey Legano And, and oh. uh, you know, we'll have to see him. I mean, Kaz is pretty good. I think he's... I think he's leading the win count this year. Oh, no, wait. I got four wins this year. Uh, my ass is sucking canal water in the points, but I got four wins this year. Um, and I'm going to go. I told you my cup pick was my truck My truck pick. You know what? I'm going to go out on a limb here. I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I'm going to go with
3: the guy from
2: uh, that lives in uh, upstate New York. I'm going to go with. Mr. Mr. Track himself the freeze man Mr. Stewart Friesen and uh, it seems like it seems like, but it seems like every time I pick him it doesn't work out too well but I'm going to pick him anyway so uh, my pick is Stewart Friesen to win the trucks and my pick to win Xfinity I'm going to give you that right now just in case is is uh, Justin Algar. Mm. So we'll have to see how Justin Algar does for me because, again, every time I pick him, he ends up wrecking or he ends up finishing, like, outside the top ten. So... <laughs> So I guess on my truck pick, I, you know, I'm, I'm gonna have to do a little blocking here on Taz. Uh, he's picked Sheldon Freed, and I, I just I don't think I can allow Taz to gain any more points on me this weekend. So I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to make sure that uh, that I'm pulling the old race move here, and I'm gonna I'm gonna block. Uh, for being able to gain any point or lose any points for that matter, as well. I'm going to share our pick. We're we're gonna. I'm going with Sheldon Creed as well in the truck series, oh, but in the Expedition series, that's weak. And, and, <laughs> you, you can't do that. That's weak. <laughs> no, I'm giving away. I'm am giving. Trust me. This this is this is a battle. There's a war ahead. This is a battle. Uh, and, and plus, Creed's, you're got no game game Creed. Creed, Creed's got no shot at winning. Creed, has got no shot at winning. Oh you need my to, God! You need I to don't go. How you can say that? They're they're one of the fastest trucks out here every weekend. Sheldon Creed is yeah, definitely be Creed. championship caliber. He gave two fingers to Marcus Lamona. <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can actually pick that guy for the rest of the year, even though I'm a big Marcus Lemonis fan. It takes a man with big balls to tell a billionaire to go take his money and shove it up his ass. So uh, that's basically I love what, it. that's what. I love you it. <laughs> that, that, that's the, when you go out there in a white and black lettered number two race uh, race truck, and you it, you got some big cojones to say that to a billionaire. So. Uh, you know, I could pick him for the rest of uh, for the rest of the year. Uh, but uh, on the tr- on the Xfinity side, I'm not sure if Josh Berry is racing this weekend. It would be good. It would be really cool uh, to find out uh, real quick if that's uh, if that's. If that is the pick. Uh, if, if he is racing this weekend, I haven't seen an entry list because that would be a uh, that would almost be a solid pick for me. I've got to go with who I know is going to be in the field. That's the, how I see Cali the cars. Uh, they've been fast every every that they showed up to, of course. It seems to be that there's about eight cars that are really competitive every week, and then it's the field. Uh, Unfortunately, Josh Williams, who I thought was uh, doing a lot with less Uh, Missed the field at Coda, so that team's going to be in recovery mode. Not saying that he's going to be a threat to be a winner, just one of the guys that I like to watch that's uh, not necessarily a fully funded race car. But I do have to stay with the fully funded, and I'm going to go with A.J. Allmendinger. I think that this is his championship year. He is the guy that's going to be put up into the Cup Series. AJ's going to get that next opportunity, and he's going to get that opportunity because he's going to win the Xfinity Championship this year. I know that I'm a little yeah, bit I early on that You stole my pick.
3: pick.
2: But, but, but I, I, have my to, pick. I have to go with the Dinger, man.
3: Oh, yeah. You, you stole pick. my pick.
1: See, uh, I, I happen to have Freeze, Mr. Freeze, for the for the trucks, and Almondinger for the uh, um, Xfinity. And... Um, I'm also going to throw in there that Deegan is going to make top 12.
2: <laughs> ah. Top 12 what? lot of the cars she wrecked this year. The trucks she yeah. wrecked this year. <laughs> Come on. Oh,
0: man.
1: man. She is, she's an extremely talented girl. Extremely yes. talented.
2: And top the difference 12. is well, that she has raced stock cars her whole life. She, there. There is a chance for Haley Deegan to be everything that we want out of a woman's stock car racer because she's been given that opportunity at a very young age to learn how to drive these cars. Natalie, unfortunately, you know, Hannah Newhouse, I think, had a lot of talent as well, and she earned her way as well, but it, her career went in a different direction. As for Natalie Decker, she was friends with with Miss. Diva herself. Her parents were friends with Danica Patrick. They, uh, there was a, com- a competition of. Oh, what I, I, don't even throw Danica
1: be. Patrick into the same conversation as Deegan.
2: Danica yeah, Patrick. You was, can't uh, even compare the two uh, because, because Deegan has had stock car experience. She has been raised in a stock car. So give her a few more years before we write her off the list because honestly uh you know she's the most talented female racer that we've had in in the series is Joanna Long. And 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 how many of y'all remember Joanna Long, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 She was a very talented race car driver just she just didn't have the yeah, right backing. I think a snowball derby winner on top amongst all of that. You know, one of the very few Uh, if it wasn't the snowball, it was a snowflake that she won, so. (laughs) Miss Lee said, don't get me started on Decker versus Deegan. That sounded like a a boxing match that I would buy on a Saturday night when I don't have anything else to do. I would definitely buy that when I have, uh, everything to do. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Lord. Well, we are at the 9 o'clock and it has been an awesome show. Uh Jared, uh, it's it's so nice for you to hang along with us. Uh you guys have anything to to uh maybe close out the show with? Uh
3: Just remember keep or, it rated R for racing.
2: keep it rated R. But Jared, can you do me a favor? Can you send yes. Chris the link to that Facebook page for that uh uh, device you were talking about. I want to share that on the chat Live page and great. share that,
0: that.
1: That. Oh. That, that. That'd be Chris great. Hartman I can do, it. I can do cure. that. What cure, is, what cure is Chris Hartman racing for? Is there a specific person in particular or just?
3: Uh, he did it years ago. Um, Kane Long or Derek Long, oh, everybody calls him Kane, uh, has a, a cancer organization called uh, Kane's Warrior Kids, where he helps kids with pediatric cancer, and he raises money for them. So Chris wanted to do something like that for to help with cancer, and so Kane made the Facebook page for him, and so he's doing it to bring awareness to cancer and stuff like that. Okay, well
1: look me up on Facebook, Tom Barron on Facebook, WCRS. Okay. This sounds like something okay, cool. he gets uh, the South run, running with the North. Okay.
3: Okay, great. Thanks. All right, I like All that right. connection. I to,
2: yeah, I think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be great. I'll share it out as well on the race chat live page and on the 110 page, and uh, I'll share it out on my personal page as well. Thanks. I think it's a. I think it's a great idea. Um, Tom, I want to thank you for for tagging along for the last two hours and uh, <coughs> filling in for Thanks for having podcast. me. Thanks for putting up with me. <laughs> Well, you know, that we really, put up with Chris each and every week, and Chris puts up with me. and <laughs> We all know that it ain't easy to put up with the bearded wonder. And I like to talk over everybody, so we love you have to bear with too. me. Yeah. We, we love him, too. Listen, I think maybe next week we're going to have Jeremy Terrell on. Uh, I think maybe <clears throat> next week we'll try to do a Zoom meeting, a Zoom, a Zoom broadcast, and we'll see if we can – uh, get Chris to do it without that Confederate flag in the background. Holy what? A Zoom! You want to do I'm a, a Zoom
1: meeting with him?
2: Uh, that's where you. you that's where you my see people, right? Now? No, <laughs> no, I'm
1: busted.
2: serious. No, I'm busted. Zoom meeting
1: is where you see people, right? And you yes. want to yes. see? Yes. You want to see Chris Tyrell?
2: No. You mean Jeremy? No, I've seen him. Uh,
1: Jeremy. You want yeah. Well, then don't don't do Zoom. All right. Jer- Jeremy's <laughs> not a pretty person, okay? <laughs> he's great, race. Great talent. But
2: well, come on. Yeah, no, he's a good kid. He's a good kid. I'm
1: just him. He's a good kid. Um they're back for friends, so um uh, Yeah, no, he's a good
2: him. kid. But uh we got him coming on next week. I, guys, I can't thank you two enough. It has been an awesome it has been an awesome hour and uh you know, I look forward to having time. We'll have you on again later in the season. And I'll try to make an appearance at your track once once or twice, uh if if possible. I hear season, he plays I'd good like music. Considered. Like what's that? I, I hear that guy named Craig plays good music. Well, you know, if it's country, if it's country and southern rock, it's good music. If it's anything else, well, that's debatable. More
1: music, <laughs> already got a plug. Come on, let's move on.
2: <laughs> <laughs> hey, All right. thanks Would for you having me, guys. I'm going to get sports, off but... here.
1: Have a great night.
2: Yes, sir. Thank you, All Tom. Thank right. Mar- From Caroga <clears throat> Motorsports Park. Uh, uh creek creek raceway i'm sorry Corroga creek raceway uh awesome guys thank you very much for being on this evening we've actually gone over our two-hour mark uh, which is just crazy because most of the time we're uh we don't run this late but uh it's been a great show unfortunately i, I think taz is kind of worried about his job now uh but just remember taz it took two to replace you so uh, we couldn't do, we couldn't do this without you either, buddy. Uh, it's hard to believe that we started this yeah, show three or four awesome. years ago without Taz uh, being being here. He's been a great asset to us, and I, even though uh, uh, he was off tonight, we still can't wait to have him back next week. And trust me, Tom, we're gonna keep uh, Tom on speed dial if we ever need a, a, a backup co-host. Uh, We're going to bring Tom on as well, and Jared, we've got big plans for you. Uh, Just stay with us here. We want to get y'all some airtime. We want to get y'all your Monday night or Sunday night show and your Tuesday night show, if possible, on uh, Blog Talk Radio Network. Get it in the podcast system. We've got to figure out how to separate the um, uh, the One Ten Nation, in other words, using the categories for the One Ten Nation show, uh, race chat live and uh, any other uh, programs that we decide to add as uh, the 110 Nation continues to grow. If you guys have not followed the 110 Nation uh, Facebook page, go check it out. Go check out the website, 110Nation.com. Uh, we're always looking to expand. We're looking for writers, guys. We're looking for people with content. Uh, the website's growing. Our Facebook pages are growing. Race Chat Live is an affiliate. Of the 110 Nation, without Mr. CJ Sports, without, without Ms. Lee, our our production manager, uh, I don't think any of this will be possible. I know that our show has gotten better because we now have a production manager, Ms. Lee Reed. Thank you so much for all that you do behind the scenes to keep us focused, to keep the show rolling in the right direction. We needed that, uh, being that me and Craig uh, like to talk a lot. It's sometimes hard to stay on certain subjects. I believe adding a production manager and having Miss Lee listen to us week in week out keeps us focused and where we need to be. Uh, as for all our guests and all our shows growing, thank you very much for listening. We'll be back Monday, next Monday night. Uh, it'll be all three of us, I do believe. It is it is a uh, holiday weekend, so we're going to kind of uh, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. A lot of racing coming up this this weekend, of course the Indianapolis 500 and uh, uh, the, the Coca-Cola 600. I'm, I'm not sure. I've seen Formula One races. At Monaco, I thought that that was scheduled for next weekend because I know for years I've gotten up and watched the F1 race and then the <coughs> 8500 and then the conclude and then the Coca-Cola 600 and the conclusion of the evening. So uh, a lot of racing in store parts. Make sure you go check out your local dirt track. Make sure you support your local racetrack. Uh, get, get the talking. get the buzz around. Share this show. We'll be back here next Monday night for Race Chat Live. I'm Chris. I'm Craig. Good night, guys, and you have been listening to Rage Chat Live. Good night, everybody. We'll see you next week. Where's the net? Where's it net? I don't hear you. Just a good
1: old boy, never mean it no harm. All you never saw Been in trouble with the law
3: Since the day they was born Straightening the curve Planting the
2: hills Someday the mountain Might get them But the law never will Making their way The only way they know how That's just a little Change it, they could. They're fighting the system
0: like
2: a modern-day Robin Hood. He's <laughs> <laughs> my favorite song. Good night, y'all.
3: Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st